In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. The law of nature states that everything has a vibration and is made up of atoms. 99% of our bodies are made up of electronic vibrations, with each atom and body element, such as an organ, having its own vibration necessary for its sustenance and equilibrium. These atoms are in a constant state of motion, and depending on the speed of these atoms, things appear as a solid, liquid, or gas. Sound is also a vibration, and so are our thoughts. To think of it another way, Humans are made up of cells, which are made up of atoms, which are just made of particles, and those particles are actually vibrating energy. Every atom is a wave, and most of the things we call physical matter is really made up of completely empty space. When parts of the body become stressed or diseased, they are no longer producing the correct sound waves. In other words, they are not vibrating at their prime or optimal resonant frequency. Further, everything that manifests itself in our lives is there because it matches the vibrational energy from our thoughts. From molecular science to string theory, modern day researchers are proving what the ancients taught for millennia, that our bodies respond to vibration and that the trillions of cells inside us form one grand symphony of sound. What is fascinating about all of this is that when you truly think about it, sound is the only form that can penetrate the empty space in our physical space, which is why I feel truly blessed to be able to speak with David Kennett on this episode of A Psychic Story. David joins to discuss his own path to what he calls soul sounding and even shares a tip he has never publicly disclosed before on how we can heal ourselves against the common cold. We are in for a real treat today because we get to hear from the one and only David Kennett, a musical artist and founder of Soul Sounding. David uses his voice, crystal singing bowls, Tibetan bowls, and musical instruments like the drum and flute to tap into our vibrations and help transmit and release energy, thought patterns, or emotions that no longer serve us. A lot of you listening may relate if you've ever heard of or taken a sound bath class, but it's so much more. So let's dive in. David, thank you so much for joining today. Oh, thank you for having me, Nicole. I saw that you got into sound and its healing power due to your experiences as a teenager, and then it just evolved from there. Would you please share what happened that led you on the path to soul sounding? Sure. Well, I was born as a child with chronic severe asthma. The asthma was so bad that my mom would have to rush me to the hospital in the middle of the night and she would have to run red lights just to get me to the ER room, save my life. And 
when I got to the ER room, they gave me the adrenaline shot, which would open up my uh, lungs, my bronchial tube, so I could breathe again. I believe they call it the EpiPen shot, the same thing. So Western medicine saved my life more than once, and I was even hospitalized. It was so bad. But when I grew into my teens, I was fortunate to meet a remarkable individual named Kenneth G. Mills, who was a Canadian philosopher, metaphysician, but also a musical director of an incredible singing group called the Starscape Singers, who had toured around Europe and sung at Carnegie Hall many times. Uh, and this gentleman, Kenneth Mills, had this a gift of helping people find their voice. And so my parents uh, were good friends with him. And I was attending a rehearsal with the singers at one point. Uh, I think I was around 18 or 19 years old. And I had the opportunity to have my voice opened uh, by Kenneth Mills. So what that means essentially is that um, even if you don't think you can sing, suddenly you can sing. Many of the singers had never sung before uh, and were suddenly in this uh, great group called the Starscape Singers who ended up having like, you know, each of them had three to four octave ranges. And I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I was very, you know, I was a young man, but also, um, you know, had a little bit of a musical background. Uh, my, my father was a film composer. Um, so there was music in my family. And here's what happened. Basically, the more I began to sing, the more my asthma went away. Incredible miracle because I have not, you know, I'm I'm 48 years old now. I haven't had an episode with asthma since my teenage years. And I really do attribute to the singing. I attribute to just the, the pure grace of God. But there I got, this is when I got very, very curious and started doing some research regarding the voice and sound. And it turns out there's been quite a bit of clinical studies with regards to how our voice uh, affects our body. And they know through clinical trials that singing increases endorphins. It changes the neurochemistry of our body, increasing endorphins. It's that, that hormone that makes us uh, less, um, mitigates pain and also increases oxytocin, which is the, the love hormone. But interest, also interesting to note is that it increases nitric oxide, which is what's responsible for helping us absorb oxygen on our blood. Mm. So I was getting more and more oxygen. The more I sang, the more oxygen I was getting into my body. And also, of course, the physiology of it is using my lungs more, you know, using my diaphragm to take bigger breaths. Um, so I feel all of these these factors contributed to my healing. That's so cool because it's almost like when we think of bettering ourselves and becoming well or healing, we think of working out and fitness and eating right and, mm -hmm. you know, thinking, saying affirmations, maybe even meditating, but we don't necessarily think of the power of using our voice other than choose your words, right? As far as actually being a, you know, a modality or a way to heal us. And I also think that, you know, most of us here on earth, as human beings, we are actually here to have um, a spiritual experience, right? It's, it's, you know, we are spiritual beings having this human experience. And hopefully, with that, we're tapping into the more spiritual vibration or, or, or energy. And for me, it's like, okay, well, you, you, you tapped into something specific there, because 
we're all made up of cells, which are atoms and particles. And then through that, we're just vibrating energy. And so really the most of what we see, feel and hear, it's actually empty space around us. And by using that ability to our voice or tonality or anything of that nature to kind of navigate and guide us around it is just really cool. And fascinating. So yeah. this is something that I've, I'm sharing, you know, with people individually because it was my journey, and I, it's one of my great joys is to help people find their voice. And regardless of whether you think you can sing or not, there's always a place for a voice lesson because you can actually um, greatly affect your speaking voice too. And, and just coming from a, I call it the soul sound because when we access this authentic voice, we are accessing our soul. We're accessing our heart our highest, greatest potential, um, and we're tapping into the core of our being. And so you can be saying, hello, how are you? And as soon as you voice those words from an authentic place, you are, the vibration of your voice is realigning all the cells of your body to um, a higher frequency. That's really, really cool. So what do yeah. people experience when they come to you if, if they're having like a session? What is, what would they expect? Well, this is, you know, I do a, a few different things depending on what, what the goals of my clients are. But what I just mentioned to you is obviously a, would be a singing lesson, mm -hmm. a voice lesson. But I also work with phobias and addictions. And what I have found is that sound uh, and music um, but I'm, you know, I'm really calling it sound therapy because I didn't study music therapy. That's a whole nother field. But sound and vibration is something that can also help us release stagnant emotions. And what I, what I do is I, you know, I have my clients tell me what their goals are. Uh, for instance, if they want to bring in a healthy relationship into their life, they want to meet their soulmate, if they uh, wish to um, let go of trauma, whatever it might be, um, we we set their intentions. And using sound, uh, we can actually amplify the intention, whatever it might be, let's say something to bring in something to manifest something in our lives, or I can help people release what's standing in their way. One of the things that sound will do is it, it actually bypasses our conscious mind. So it's, it's a kind of a way to hack the unconscious, they say the unconscious, right, is, is really at the driver's seat of our experience. It governs our habits, our thoughts, our activity and behavior. So it's really, you know, it's it's really kind of wise to take a, a nice, honest look if, you know, what's going on in the unconscious, because that's really going to affect our long-term behavior. We can have a beautiful, relaxing healing session with, you know, Reiki and um, sound, a sound bath. But unless you really have an intention, it's really unlikely that that beautiful experience can be sustainable. And so that's why I've gotten into this more of this unconscious work. So yeah, I'll ask people what their goals are. And, and then we go, we go from there. I have found that muscle testing, this is a modality I use a lot. Um, I don't know if your uh, audience is familiar with this. It was, uh, it was kind of probably preceded Dr. Goodhart, but Dr. Goodhart made it more public. He was a chiropractic doctor who lived in the uh, 1960s, uh, 50s, 60s. He lived beyond that, but he, this is when he brought forth this, um, this technique called muscle testing or applied kinesiology, which basically is a way to use the body as a biofeedback. So you can have somebody say something like, I love who I am. I love myself. And you can muscle test them on that, on those words. And somebody could voice those words out loud. And if the body goes weak, 
it's a sign that the unconscious is actually not okay for that statement, kind mm. of rejecting it. <laughs> wow. So this is very useful to yeah. know because then you've gotten something very specific um, to work on because the unconscious is unconscious. So that's one of the challenges of working with the unconscious because it's not conscious. So it, you have to kind of do some detective work to find out, you know, what's going on in that noodle of ours. <laughs> yeah. And so what you're saying there too is, so if people, I'm tracking, but the way I also see it as well is that that unconsciousness is essentially what we are not as aware of. And our body then, our physical body becomes the tool that, or the technique that you can use by seeing if our, if we actually believe it ourselves, like we may be saying it, but that vibrational resonance of where we, we are at, we may not be tapped into it. And so what then you do is you help um, have our vibrations go to the level of what it is that we actually want to attain. Exactly. So your conscious can, conscious mind can be saying, you know, I want to be making a lot more money right now. But your unconscious mind might be saying, you know what, you're, you're, you're worthless. You don't deserve that. And therefore, it's going to be very difficult to actually create that as a reality. It doesn't matter how many times you look at yourself and repeat mm -hmm. those words. I know I am, you really have to get into the unconscious and, and sound and vibration is, is one method. Obviously, there's other methods out there, but this is certainly an effective one. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's one thing. And you mentioned the body, Nicole, the, I actually developing a protocol right now where people can actually communicate uh, with the cells of the body because there's the, you know, the body is, we talk about, we are, we kind of, there's this, feeling that that emotions kind of reside you know with our within strictly our brain and the intelligence and thinking only resides within our brain but really when you look at how the body functions particularly the immune system is very obvious that there's intelligence there's intelligence and i would even go as far as to say a type of an emotion that exists within ourselves themselves so this is how our immune system is able to effectively you know, kill a pathogen or a virus is because there's this communication between the white blood cells and they team up like an army to surround a pathogen or a virus and then kill it, you know, in a healthy individual. So viruses like colds and flus are easily killed with by our immune system once it's recognized. So I think it's useful to actually release emotions specifically if we can from ourselves. And this is the protocol that I'm I'm creating now, which which involves just simply acknowledging the emotions, because that's really the first stage of all of this is to actually say hello and greet the emotion. Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. people could use that help because sometimes we don't know how to navigate it. Right. I mean, I, I go to a therapist. I'll talk. To, I go to my primary mm -hmm. doctor, my dentist, whatever, what have you. I've gone to acupuncture mm -hmm. and with the acupuncture, I'm glad you mentioned the muscle testing. So I was always wondering what they were doing. <laughs> what is that really going to yeah. tell me, right? Or tell you, but it's like our body is connected in this, this various mm -hmm. area. And even now that they've done more research recently about the heart and how the heart actually communicates more to the brain and tells the brain yeah. what to do and sends the signals. And then that's just one piece of like us now discovering it in this modern day and age that we had no idea about as much. And we hold on so much of our emotions there. And so releasing it, not just in maybe your heart or your mind, but also specifically areas of the body, it makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense to me. And so it's really cool that you're putting together that protocol. When will it be available? Yeah. Well, it's still at its kind of experimental stage because I'm, I'm currently, I've been working with allergies for years. This is one of, one of the things that I've had great, great success. I've got a 90% success rate with all types of allergies. It could be shellfish allergies. It could be dog allergies, cat allergies, dust, pollen. 
And the way this works is, is to use sound as a way to almost, it's almost like a massive allergy shot for the body. So let's say somebody's allergic to dust. We send the energy of the dust in through sound waves into the body. If you think about it, when you stand next to a speaker, uh, a loudspeaker at a concert, or you, even if you're not next to a speaker, they're blaring this music, right? And if you've ever been to a rock concert, you'll mm-hmm. feel the bass, you'll feel the drum actually literally vibrating your body. Those, those, those pressurized waves called sound are literally penetrating your skin and actually getting into as deep as the marrow of your bones, right? So this is a way to actually get into the body um, through frequencies. With that kind of experience, it's, it's enjoyable and it's entertaining. It's not necessarily intentional, right? So you can do the same thing, but using intention of, for instance, getting dust, the frequency of dust. We're not talking the physical dust because that could cause, obviously, an allergic response. But let's say if somebody's massively allergic to dust, you can send the energy of dust into the cells by um, placing, for instance, this is just one uh, one technique I've I've used, but it's not just sound. It's, I've also used craniofacial therapy and acupressure. But it's placing the allergen on the belly in an enclosed bag or in a sealed container, obviously, so the client's not exposed to the allergen. But then sending that into the um, the cells, the cytoplasm of the body, using sound. And what happens is it's like a clarification because when we have a immune system response, for instance, we get congested or we start sneezing or we have a rash with an allergy, basically that's the way the body is processing information. It's it's saying, this is not good for you. We need to protect you. This is this is a bad situation. So essentially, it's kind of like a confusion. I mean, in, in terms of something that's harmless, like dust, it's not going to kill you. And yet some people have a very severe reaction, right? So this, what needs to happen is a clarification. And so we're reintroducing the dust in, in a very kind of safe way, reintroducing the information, the frequency of dust into the cells using sound. And what happens after one or two sessions, people stop reacting to dust. Um, and this is this is quite life changing. Um, I've even had results with gluten allergies and, and wheat, uh, which is very common these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most powerful examples of of this was with a client who had a anaphylactic response to shellfish, and she had this uh, for many years. And uh, as an adult, she was still dealing with it. Um, it had been since her childhood. And I don't particularly like to work with anaphylactic uh, <laughs> clients because it's life or death. You know, if right. you have an anaphylactic shock to something, you could potentially die um, because what happens is you're, you're um, just kind of similar to asthma. The, the bronchial tubes can swell up, the throat can close off, and, and people, you know, die of, of uh, almost asphyxiation. They can't, they can't breathe anymore. So, she came to me four times, and uh, we worked with shellfish. And because I'm not a medical doctor, I would never, ever, my wildest dreams, ever, ever, you know, say you're fine. You know, go, you know, go out and eat shellfish. I say go, to, go back to your doctor. So you have to go back to your doctor, get a blood test, and see what they say. So she did. But I said wait, you know, wait about eight or nine months because it takes time for the blood to actually, the antigens in the blood and everything to actually change. And she did wait. And she went back to her doctor, had a blood test, and he gave her the green light. It was actually completely clear. And um, the next thing I know, she's posting pictures of you know <laughs> her plate of, of shellfish and, and fish that she's now able to eat without any reaction and, and completely 
um, beside herself. Yeah. It was just cool to have the medical validation of it too. Confirmation, of course. Yeah. You mentioned that the body gets confused or is, is confused. And then hence, that's why we have an allergic reaction or something of that nature. What are the reasons for that? Or what, what triggers it? Do we know? I think that's the million dollar question. I don't think anybody really knows. I have some suspicions. I mean, even a medical doctor, nobody really knows. I mean, you know, the, the doctors don't really know what causes an allergy. But there are some suspicions. Obviously, there's genetics or there's can be, I don't know if I completely subscribe to genetics. I really feel it can be something inherited on an energetic level mm-hmm. from our ancestors. But it's emotional. I think at the root of it, this is why I'm, I'm creating this other protocol, because I want to get further to the root, the actual root cause of the confusion, which would be, I feel, emotional. And that could be as simple as something like, you know, you're eating an avocado and you're watching the news and you see some horrible event that's occurred in the world and you're actually, you happen to be ingesting avocado in that moment. Something as simple as that can trigger uh, a response that from, from then on, you can actually have an allergy to an avocado. This woman told me who had the shellfish allergy and she, and she wasn't just allergic to shellfish, I should clarify, she was also allergic to fish. She recalled, because I asked her, I said, have you ever had any trauma around fish? He goes, wow, I've never thought about this, but I suddenly remember as a child going fishing with my dad and being horrified when he caught a fish on the hook. Seeing it die on the hook was just absolutely horrifying to me. And that's when I began to also connect the dots with with emotions and and allergies. Um, There is, I mean, I'm not totally, you know... (laughs) Uh, I'm definitely, definitely not the only one saying this about allergies. There's a, there's a whole um, branch of science that uh, connects emotions to the immune system and the nervous system, and it's all kind of connected. But um, that's one cause, I believe, is, is emotional. Somebody could argue, well, what about babies? You know, babies have allergies, and they haven't had the chance to, you know, go through trauma or whatever. I would say, well, it's possible that something happened during, um, perhaps emotionally, with the mom or dad during the pregnancy, or not just... Uh, during the pregnancy, it could be something that's, again, a little, this is a little more far out of an idea, but from something ancestral. Uh, and that's really hard to prove, of course. <laughs> but the key is, the only, the only way to really, I don't know, it's not, proving is not the word, but results are obviously really what people are looking for. So, so it doesn't really matter uh, whether, you know, you believe, you know, your ancestors can affect your physical health or, you know, that you're currently being affected in any way. Uh, on an emotional level from, um, you know, what your mom was going through while she was pregnant with you. The bottom line is, you know, are you now allergic to what you thought you were allergic to or aren't you, right? So it's always the results that speak for themselves. And and um, I fortunately have had a very, very high success rate with, with allergies and, and helping people in this way. I truly believe, though, that that is the root cause is our emotions because we that's how we communicate if you think about it with our mind, our body and our soul. And that's the only way. And sometimes we're just not aware of it. So I think it totally makes sense that that is where the root cause of something could um, either be triggered or we've experienced it in this lifetime or the past lifetime, whether people believe that or not. That's what what I, you know, feel intuitively and what I've always believed, you know, as a child. So I just think it's very cool that you are offering these tools to people to experience and heal in different ways. And, you know, that we didn't think was necessarily possible or even trying it, right? Right. And I feel, you know, ultimately the universe is, regardless of whether we're having a positive experience or negative experience, and it's kind of harder to 
kind of embrace this idea when you're going through something really difficult and, and horrible in your life. But ultimately, I believe that the universe is trying to make us stronger. And there's a lesson. So there's a lesson going on. There's something to learn from the fear, something to learn from the pain or discomfort. There's there's a message. And, and to really go deep with it and to attempt to see what you can learn um, from from that experience. And I feel that allergies are the same way. And so there, there's something there's something there um, that that is worth exploring. And once once the lesson, once the whatever you feel like that is showing you is accepted, then you can let it go. It's just it's kind of just there waiting for your attention, waiting to be acknowledged, just like we like to everybody in this planet. We want to feel seen, right? If you don't feel seen, you know, it's a it's a horrible thing. And I feel like uh, in some ways, emotions are, are almost like are almost like this, that they are actually jealous for our attention. And, and we try to some of us try to, you know, push them aside and, and say, oh, I'm just going to ignore fear. I'm going to ignore uh, these feelings because then they'll go away. Well, it, it works the opposite way. In fact, it gets more stubborn. And until you say hello and, you know, I recognize mm-hmm. you, that there is an opportunity to learn something and then let it go. That's when it actually can move. And sometimes we're not ready to let go of something. Perhaps there's still something we need to, to work through. But there will come a time, perhaps, when you're ready to let those things go. And that's when our vibrational resonance um, can um, go to a whole new level. Yeah, that's and you you said that beautifully, because that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that we're spiritual beings here having a human experience. And if we can connect those dots and not knocking any sort of, you know, doctor or anything out out there, you know, as I mentioned, I I talk, go to therapy, I think it's important. But what I've noticed when I'm talking sometimes, you know, they'll say, well, you're entitled to feel that way. Well, that's fine. But then what is what is it that it's almost like we've mm-hmm. we've enabled a culture of, okay, tell me about your feelings and then exploring that, okay, your time's up, here's a script, you know, prescription or what whatnot. And I'm not saying that that's not something that people shouldn't mm-hmm. experience, but we should look at other ways too and other tools to help us then heal on different levels. And what does it really hurt in terms of if you're adding something else to it, whether it is um, the sound of your voice or actually going and seeing mm-hmm. like what muscle tests and things of that nature, acupuncture, it really just, it's a combination of things that it's really truly like an army for you that works in your favor, right? Yes, yes. And I totally agree with what you're saying. And I, you know, I'm, I, I'm very clear with my clients and anybody I meet that I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychotherapist. And this is what I do is an incredible adjunct to that work if you are on that journey. And um, the fact is that actually therapists send me their patients. Um, I, I feel I'm pretty confident that what I'm doing is safe and, and, and also effective. So it's, it's exciting to use or to view emotions as almost like, you know, like a separate entity that we are, just like you say, we're humans having a human experience or we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. It's kind of like, you know, we, there, there's this expression that, um, we are not our emotions. And yet we have emotions, right? We are not mm-hmm. our emotions and yet we have emotions. So there's almost like this separate, we have this symbiotic relationship with this energy called emotion. And usually we push that yeah. aside, like you said, we don't recognize it as much. Right. What are some tips that listeners can do at home other than, you know, booking a session with you or listening to your, your music and everything online or doing their own research? What are some simple things that maybe people could start to embrace into, into maybe their daily routine? 
Hmm, good question. I feel that using affirmations is a very powerful practice combined with the use of the OM. For instance, some of us out there might be familiar with the OM. It's the universal sound. It's uh, the universal healing sound. It's, and it's, uh, you can tone. Even if you don't do oming, you could, you could tone. Um, but the thing is, before you make that sound to have an intention, in other words, you could write down, I like writing because it just clarifies our thoughts and you can write down something like, I deserve. These are, these are powerful words. I am worthy of blank, whatever it is that you want to bring in. I give myself permission. These are all good ways to start an affirmation. I am worthy. I deserve. I give myself permission. And then once you've written down your intention on a piece of paper, you can place it on your belly and start to tone. So how does that look? You could, as I said, you could ohm. <laughs> you could go, ohm. <laughs> the key is to actually vibrate your body. And if you can, if you have an instrument, you can play an instrument. If you don't feel comfortable with toning, uh, you could, you could play a drum. Um, I like to drum my body, actually drum the bodies of my clients. I, I have a drum and I, I place it over their body as I'm playing the drum, the hand drum. And, or you could play a singing bowl. Mm-hmm. Or you could just hum. You could just hum, not even uh, not even ohm. You could hum your body, and what that does is the the vibration is helping the, the energy move throughout your body. But if you, as you have that intention on your belly, it's kind of going to act like a almost like a vacuum. It's going to suck the in, that energy, that frequency of written, what you've written down on that piece of paper into the cells of your body and possibly into your unconscious as well. And um, so this isn't just an idea anymore. It's kind of like your own truth. It becomes like two plus two equals four rather than something that's just like a positive thought or a positive intention. It, should, it becomes so solid that it actually becomes your truth. I love that. I really do. Because when I was, okay. before I was even, um, you know, hopping on here to talk to you, I was actually looking at my voice and doing the alm and trying to do vibrations. And then I became more cognizant of the fact that I usually, and I'm not even aware of it until literally today, I may be like, or whatever. <laughs> and, or for example, I have um, a, a puppy who's teething and I'm like, ow, ow, just teach him, you know, the, the power of it. And when I started to do the different vibrations with my voice, he was really intrigued. And he, you know, and then even my cat came in and was like, what's going on and everything. And I really just felt like this literal grounding. And it wasn't an intention set into that. It was just practicing with my voice. So something as simple as that. And then also doing that, um, even on a daily basis, I love it. So saying the affirmation um, or writing it down and then saying it and placing it on your belly and then doing some sort of um, vibration work. Yes. And um, here's a huge or a gift for your audience. And I I think this is the first time I've publicly shared this, Uh, but you can actually and I like your people in the audience to do this, and, and I'd like to get some feedback because I have had amazing results with helping people get rid of colds very quickly. And what you do is you would write down the word common cold virus on a piece of paper. And I like index cards, by the way. I use index cards. And then you could also write down, there's two things that you should write down if you feel a cold coming on. And you want to do this immediately when you feel a cold coming on. Just the slightest little tinge of a sore throat or, you know, what have you, any kind of little symptom, you want to kind of get on it immediately and write down common cold virus. And then you also want to write down optimal immune function. Okay, those two things. And 
you're going to be sending that into that information, that frequency into your body. Now, your audience might be like, well, you know, why would I write down common cold virus? Isn't that going to make my virus worse? Or isn't that going to create a, you know, no, the answer is no. And the reason for it is kind of like a homeopathic remedy. So what you want to do is in homeopathy, you treat like with like. Mm -hmm. If you think of an algorithm, imagine like a wave, a wave, like an algorithm on your, like you've seen sound waves on a computer screen. Like imagine that, you know, the common cold virus has a wave. And then what you want to do is you want to send the exact same wave back into the body because what it does is two identical waveforms that come together will actually flatline. This is how our noise cancellation headphones work. You know, the Bose or other companies out there that created headphones that match the frequency of the noise and be able to cancel out the noise by matching the frequency. That's essentially what you'll be doing by writing down common cold virus. And an optimal immune system is just awakening that intention into your body, the optimal immune function. And so um, what I have seen is that the cold virus will basically be killed in about, you know, within hours. And, you know, depending on how fast you catch your symptoms will depend on type of, you know, fallout. You know, it's sort of like (laughs) we can kill a cold, right? But then we also, it's not necessarily going to get rid of the fact that your body has already produced a lot of mucus to kill um, to kill the, the virus. So sometimes even though the cold is gone, you'll still have a lot of like mucus because, you know, you may not have caught it just in time, but the virus itself will be killed. So so just to clarify though, when you're, when they're writing it down on an index card or for anyone out there that's trying, yeah. you also want to uh, do the vibration piece of it or are you just writing it on a card? Exactly. Okay. You would yeah. want to do the vibration piece. Ideally, I mean, I, I feel the drum is one of the most, this is why the shamans of the past and present have used the drum because the drum is so penetrating. You know, you feel a drum over your body. You feel like your bones like vibrating. Mm. It goes very deep. And so I like the drum because it kind of like, it's just like, it, <laughs> there's no, you, there's no escaping, you know, there, you, you can't like try to like think your way out. It You can't, can't even self-sabotage yourself with a drum. It just, it bypasses all that and it goes deep. And that's actually so. a physical drum then, or would you be able to, I know it's probably not ideal, but to listen to drum vibrations and kind of blast it? Ah. Uh, you know, ideally a physical drum. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm not sure. I haven't experimented with. I'm going to add some things to my Amazon words. cart <laughs> index card. But you can yeah. use your voice too, or a singing bowl. Oh, this is another thing. This is another tip for your your audience. You could also put the index card, the common cold virus, or and uh, optimal immune function. You could put through those two index cards in a in a singing bowl and play the bowl. That's another way to send that vibration into your body. Oh, that's a great way. Yeah, I think too, what's so yeah, if you're laying down, it's a little harder. But if you're kind of sitting up in a meditation and kind of pose and have the bowl, you know, around or or you're kind of embracing it a little bit and then have that in there. That's an awesome way too. I've called it sonic homeopathy. (laughs) Sonic homeopathy. Well, that is just amazing. Well, I just want to say thank you again. And is there anything that we haven't talked about or anything that you know, you would like to say to the audience um, before we part? Jeez, I just feel like we're we're in a very powerful time right now. I feel there has been um, a lot of energetic shifts on the planet. And to honor yourself, to love yourself, to love all the cells of your body, how can we possibly help this planet, uh, the Earth, the governments of this Earth, without first honoring ourselves and, and really authentically um, getting in touch 
with ourselves in a very authentic way. The more we can be honest with ourselves, the more change we will see in the external world. Love yourself and take care of yourself. And if you, if everyone just made themselves a little bit better every day and looked inward and embraced it and not saying we're we're perfect, we're imperfect, but that's the point. And that's the beautifulness of the journey and the spiritual aspect of it in whichever way or belief that you have. And so again, I just want to say thank you so much, David. And that's David Kennett. And if you guys want to find out more information about him or book a session, because I'm definitely going to do that, you go to Soul. S-O-U-L hyphen sounding.com. And thank you again, David. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a great one. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. To recap this episode of A Psychic Story. One, our voice affects our body. Singing increases endorphins, oxytocin, and nitric oxide. Two, Tapping into your authentic voice accesses our hearts and higher self and soul and the resulting vibration of your voice then realigns all of your cells to a higher frequency. Three, sound and vibrations can help us release stagnant emotions and energy. Four, setting intentions such as when practicing yoga, reiki, taking a sound bath, meditating, etc. and in using your voice or sound is the most powerful way to reconnect and realign your vibrations. 5. Muscle testing is a good way to tune into the truth on how you are feeling unconsciously. 6. You can communicate with your body or cells to help the healing process. Emotions reside not only in our brains, but within our cells and immune systems. So simply by acknowledging your emotions, it can release blockages within ourselves. 7. The universe is trying to make us stronger. There is a lesson. There is something to learn that no matter what you are going through, positively or negatively, attempt to see what you can learn from that experience. Once the lesson is accepted, you can let it go. It is waiting to be acknowledged. 8. Consider your emotions almost like a separate entity. The old saying, we are not our emotions, is not true. We have emotions, and that's what makes us human. 9. Set an intention by writing it down on a flashcard. I deserve, insert blank. I am worthy of, blank. I give myself permission to. Once you've written down your intention on a piece of paper, place it on your belly. Vibrate your body through your voice via tone or a musical instrument. 10. If you feel cold coming down, immediately write down on an index card, common cold virus, optimal immune function. Place it on your stomach. Be sure to use vibration methods such as your voice or musical instrument like a drum or crystal singing bowl. This treats like with like. This method sends two identical wavelengths or frequency together and flattens each other out to heal. 11. Honor yourself. Love yourself. Love all the cells in your body. By honoring and being authentic with ourselves, the more change we will see in the external world. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com.